A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I was going up on a solo trip into the mountains. It was around minus 12 to minus 15 degrees Celsius and there was a heavy storm with 15 meters per second wind and whiteout. It was 9 p.m. and with the shitty snow drift weather making the visibility be max 15 meters, I knew I was the only person crazy enough to venture out to this mountain. Well, this was unknown terrain for me. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. To find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Never visited the whole region. I had scouted out the environment on a map and figured out a decent campsite up in a pass which was flatter terrain and with a few nice ridges that should protect pretty well from avalanches. I kept on looking at the GPS and knew I was closing into my designated campsite when I found one of the ridges. As I'm going over the edge of the ridge looking down, looking as much as it's possible, visibility at this point is probably around 7 meters. Into the small sheltered area between the ridges, I hear a sound that I can best describe as Rua. I immediately froze. My mind was brainstorming at full speed, WTF was that? Definitely not a human. Reindeer? Did it sound like reindeer? There's not many animals around in this type of environment in winter. Could it be a bird maybe? Meanwhile, another thought started growing in my head. I'm not that far from that area where muskox roam free. 
Please, do not be muskox, those will charge at people if you get too close. The sound was not more than 10 to 30 meters from me. At the same time, I'm trying to look into every direction I can, because with the winds blowing around in the pass from different directions, I have no idea from where I heard the sound at first. Then it hits me again, Brua. My thoughts spin faster, that sound I've never heard before. That is definitely no reindeer. Nope. Almost demon-like, but, thankfully those don't exist. Muskox? Quite likely. The difference this time is that I knew the direction of the sound when I heard it, it came right from this sheltered area between the ridges, and I'm still standing on top of the ridge. Next set of thoughts, there is nothing that can provide shelter for me here, nothing. If a muskox charges at me I will not be able to outrun it, and there is nowhere for me to go. I need to speed away into the opposite direction of this sound, fast as hell. If I can quickly set up my tent, a muskox should likely ignore the tent. I hope. I'm heading away from the area where I heard the muskox, looking as good as I can forward, to the sides and turning around to look backwards now and then. I find a flat and nice spot and I notice the wind is a little bit less on this spot. I step around the spot for a few seconds and feel that the wind is overall a bit less in an area that would fit my tent, so I decide that it is a perfect spot for my tent. I throw off my backpack and gear, pick up the tent, and look backwards to where I had heard the sound. Through the snow drift I'm not sure what I'm seeing. I see a large shadow, just faintly. Does it move, or is it the snow and wind that is moving around it? I'm staring into the snowdrift for 20 seconds, but I'm just not sure if there is a huge animal watching me or not. I decide that my best option is to fast as hell get my tent up. Inside it I will likely be hidden from view. While setting up the tent I constantly look back towards the shadow to see if it has disappeared, but every time I look behind myself, it's still there. Is it a muskox? Could it be a rock? I walked very closely to that spot on my way to my tent spot, so I should have seen a rock, right? Has it moved since last time? I'm not sure. Better finish the tent setup. As soon as my tent is up I move all my gear inside and close the tent and feel sheltered. But the sounds the wind is making with the tent garment are crazy. There's cracks, booms and constant shattering sounds. Was that a step from a heavy animal or was it the tent garment? Was that the sound of a large animal breathing out, very close to the tent? I get ready for the night and head into my sleeping bag. I pick out my snow shovel and ice axe and place them right next to me. Just in case. Something is scratching on my tent. Or, is it just the wind? I'm not sure about anything anymore. I keep on listening to all the sounds and try to figure them out for about an hour. I've heard so many heavy footsteps, muskox? Near me, I've heard scratching so many times, lemmings? Mice? Wolves? That I'm just not sure if it just is the tent garment playing tricks with my mind or if there are animals that are interested in my tent. My mind goes haywire for half an hour more and then I finally fall asleep. My wife, dog and I were camping for outfits tea time on Antelope Island, Salt Lake City. We pulled in and found a pull-in campsite that was available. At the campsite there was large pea gravel area and then long grass surrounded it. We noticed a spot in the grass that had matted down and thought grass would be more comfortable than sleep on rocks, so we set up our tent in this grass depression thinking someone else had set their tent up there before. We got there in the early afternoon and then went to the hiking trails to tire out the dog and see the sights. On the way to the trailhead we noticed there aren't many or any other tent campers, mostly RVs and that that was kinda weird, but attributed it to the crazy amount of biting gnats around. We get out on the oath and see some bison off in the distance. Also thought that was weird because on the drive and we saw some but they were behind fence and our original thought was the bison were secluded from the camping areas, but we chalked it up to no big deal and our assumption about secluding the bison was wrong and they must be no big deal or threat. We hike out a mile or two on the path that rides close to the shore of the salt lake. 
At the beginning of the hike we see another depression in the grass where someone was doing some rogue camping not at the defined sites. We decide to turn back and we're maybe half a mile from the campsite and a stupid bison is on the path and he is laying down where that matted down grass area was. May I remind you that there is three or four foot high grass surrounding the path. So I tell my wife to wait and the dog and approach the beast to see if we can pass. The bison stands up and starts huffing at us. Oh boy was my heart racing, doggo acting scared but tough. We back up and as a family walk through the nasty razor grass about 30 from the beast. We had no other choice since this was the only way to the campsite. Phew, we made it. Later that night after we've gone to bed, Doggo wakes us up, with a growl and her hackles up. I try to calm her down and listen to what's going on. I hear movement on the pea gravel and huffing. Oh crap. I wake up the wife, deep sleeper, tell her what's going on, and take a peek outside the tent. The bison is right there. Not four feet from out tent and kind of between us and our car. We sprint to the car and start driving around the park trying to figure out what to do. It is 2 a.m. in the morning. We get back to our site and the bison has moved out of the gravel area but is still close by. I packed up the tent faster than ever before and we get out of there. I guess we were in his nest. And now I never hesitate to have a bison burger. When I was about 8 years old I was taking my dog for a walk through the neighborhood with my mom. It was maybe 11 p.m. We lived next to a swamp slash woods area on the edge of our neighborhood in Lansing, Michigan. I remember it being very silent and slightly windy. From down in the swamp we heard somebody whistling at us. It sounded sort of like a bird, but each whistle was different enough where the lack of consistency made it human-like. The whistle sounded higher then lower. I can't really describe it. My mom had a concerned, slightly terrified look on her face and grabbed my hand and said that we should go inside quickly. I didn't understand because I was too young, but seeing my mom freak out made me freak out too. After a while, though, I kind of forgot about it. Two years later, I was taking my dog out again, late at night. There is a large bush that could easily obscure a person behind it just next to the front door. As I was finishing the walk, the whistling noise started again, same pitches, same inconsistent, human-like tones. As soon as I heard it, a chill went down my spine as I remembered exactly the feeling of seeing my mom, terrified, looking down into the swamp at something I couldn't see, maybe she couldn't either. I ran inside as fast as possible. Years went by and I thought about it less and less. I told only a handful of people, and eventually it slipped from my mind. Fast forward to last summer, I'm 24, started dating my girl Sarah. We moved out to South Dakota for work. For Independence Day, we decided to go to Pierre, South Dakota and watch the fireworks along the bank of the Missouri River. There was a free camping spot behind a hospital where you could pitch your tent, hang out, and see the fireworks up the river. We were near the end of the campground and there were very few people around us. As it was getting dark, the fireworks began. They were pretty far away, so the illumination they brought was very little. Thus, we had to sit right at the edge of the river to be able to see them. A huge thunderhead was moving in and a storm was imminent, so the air seemed electric and the wind was picking up. The atmosphere was eerie to say the least. The police boats herded all the other boats off of the river and had left our area to do that elsewhere. Most of the other campers walked up the river to have a better view of the fireworks, but Sarah and I stayed back and were drinking PBR tall boys and kicking it. Suddenly, we heard the sound of a paddle methodically dipping into the water. We saw a figure steering a canoe about 20 meters offshore. Sarah decided to go get more beers from the car leaving me alone to stare at this mystery person. And then, of course, they whistled at me. My entire body was frozen and covered in goosebumps. It was the exact same whistler from my childhood, more than a decade earlier. I looked at the figure, but it was much too dark to discern who it could be. They were wearing a hat. 
When they were perpendicular to the shore from me, they stopped paddling, turned the canoe to face directly at me, and whistled right at me. I was so frightened I stood up and shouted at them who are you? They didn't say anything, just whistled a couple more times, turned the canoe 180 degrees, and paddled out of sight. I'm a videographer, so I already had my camera by my side and was taking video of the fireworks. As the canoe was almost out of sight, I grabbed my camera and got a shot of them whistling as they went away. When Sarah came back from getting beers, she was very confused as to why I was so freaked out. When I explained, she was freaked out a bit too. I was convinced we would both be murdered that night. How did this whistling person follow me, after 14 years, all the way to South Dakota? Was it a coincidence? Why was it the same whistling noise? Who was that person and where did they go? So many questions still unanswered. To this day I'm more afraid of being outside in the dark where I might hear that whistling again. I'm open to any explanations. When I was 10 my extended family brought my cousins up from the city. We were riding bikes around a road, in the Adirondack Park, and we saw a raccoon. I had alarm bells going off because this was the 90s and quicksand and rabies seemed to be the two deadliest things ever at the time. Also, we had just read Old Yeller in school or some other sad dog dying award-winning book. My cousins were oblivious and just excited to see a raccoon, even if it was the afternoon. I kept trying to get them to leave but they thought it was too funny. To be fair it was moving crap around with its tiny hands and muttering to itself like a drunk bitter old man. I started whispering rabies but they didn't know what it was. I couldn't believe it didn't turn at us because my dumbass cousins were being so loud. Eventually some small bunny slash cat sized animal caught its eye and its movements were like something from a horror film. It turned and instantly lunged at it without hesitation, like its only option was fight and it was all adrenaline. I had never seen anything like it. My cousins freaked out and were traumatized as this raccoon ripped whatever that was apart. I took off and they finally got the message that it was dangerous and followed me. Someone heard our shrieking came out and shot it after we had taken off. My dad brought me back so I could see it was dead and it smelled like it had been rotting for a week in the sun. I thought he was a jerk for doing that but I am glad he did because I would have laid awake thinking it was alive and waiting to murder me if he didn't show me it was really dead. I am not scared of bears, moose, getting lost in the woods, or being murdered but I carry a large knife, pepper spray and sometimes a gun because I am terrified of rabies. It was my first big backpacking trip with my boy scout troop just before high school started. We were out in the West, in a territory with all sorts of wildlife, including snakes. There were also herds of cows in certain areas and they would leave large piles of poop, about a foot in diameter. One day, near the end of the trip, I had a close call. Part of our crew split up to go mountain biking while the rest stayed at our campsite. I and four other people went to the biking. It wasn't far, but on the way to the place where we would get the bikes, we got caught up in a storm. We had to keep going, however, because we were almost there and would get shelter. When we arrived at the place, we were greeted by staff and they welcomed us inside. Unfortunately, we wouldn't get to go biking, but they made up for it by giving us donuts and orange juice. It was my favorite part of the whole trip. When the storm passed, I went out to go to the bathroom and started running trying to find a good place to do my business. It was mostly clear and flat. At one point, I looked down and saw that my foot was heading for a green pile of poop from a cow. I jerked my foot out of the way. I passed without a second thought until I realized it looked more like a curled up snake. I looked back, and sure enough I could see its head facing me. It was a rattlesnake. Luckily it was asleep from the storm and it didn't notice my presence. I was still shaken, though and was saved from a rattlesnake bite by a few lucky events. Needless to say, I was more careful of where I was walking after that. I told the rest of my group, 
and we had a laugh about it afterwards. We even managed to watch it wake up and slither down its hole a few meters away. Few years back I was a marine reservist, my particular job involves being outdoors a lot, especially at night in the middle of nowhere. We never saw anything super spooky but did have some interesting things happen. This particular drill weekend we go up to a lake in North Georgia. We are going to be doing some amphib stuff and a training patrol. This was the first and only time in my six-year contract that we weren't doing this sort of thing on a military installation. We were out on a public lake and going to be patrolling through private properties. Apparently higher-ups had informed local police and residents, but I'm not exactly sure how effective they were in that. Anyway, we load up on the Zodiacs about midnight and ride for about 30 minutes. We slip into the water and fin to our designated spot where cache our swim gear and get our armor vests and other patrolling gear put on. It's about 1 AM on a Friday night. We start patrolling toward our objective and realize we are pretty close to some houses along the edge of the lake. We can't see them, but we can see light coming off of them over the hill, etc. It's early summer, it's been dry, and there are vines everywhere. We are trying to be quiet but we have a dude carrying an M40A5, a guy with a law rocket trainer T-boned across the top of his ruck, there's no moon, and the terrain is treacherous. We are snagging vines everywhere, crunching leaves, making way more noise than we want to. We ended up getting near some people partying on a dock and had a close call that lasted till about 3am before they gave up and went home. After that we were patrolling across roads and through backyards, probably a pretty terrifying sight in a quiet neighborhood if anyone saw us. Six-man team with rucks and armor and assault rifles and night vision goggles etc. Later that same op, we had just settled into our hide site as the sun was coming up, we're doing all the stuff associated with getting ready to execute our plan for the day. We were about a mile from any house or road at this point, so in a fairly isolated tract of woods. Shortly after sunrise I'm leaned up against my ruck trying to get some sleep while team leader gets all his shit done, and we all hear feet shuffling through the leaves. Everyone freezes, then starts quietly packing shit up in case we have to run. About 50 yards away I see this middle-aged guy come exhaustedly jogging through the trees. He's white, average height, slight gut, balding and sweaty as f. Weird thing about him is he's way out here running through the open woods wearing some dirty khaki slacks, a gray wife beater, and some black dress shoes. He's also filthy with what looks like engine grease, like he's been working on a car. There are no trails anywhere nearby. We sat in our little ditch and watched him run past us, he came within about 20 to 30 feet of us but was totally oblivious. Never saw him after that. Still wonder what the hell he was doing out there and how funny it would have been if he had ran up in the middle of us. In all my many hours in the woods all over this country he's probably the most mysterious thing I've encountered. So we had a paddock basher on our farm and my friends and I were driving though our bottom paddock which was filled with guinea grass, which grows about 6 feet tall. It was a dual cab Toyota Ute so my friend was driving, I was passenger and my other friend was sitting on the tray in the back. My friend driving went over a particularly thick clump of grass and stalled it. We both looked up and through the front windscreen at the same time and saw a shadow of a hand, not a hand, just the shadow, creep around a clump of grass and push it aside. As it did, the grass started bending as well. So both started freaking out and she was trying to start the ute while the friend on the back was starting to panic and asking what was wrong. We got the ute started a leg at it. We haven't spoken about it since, I think it was a little bit too real. I don't believe in supernatural things so I wouldn't be surprised if it was a trick of the light and wind, but it was focused on just that clump of grass and we both saw the exact same thing. Defiantly the weirdest slash scariest thing I've ever seen. My first camping trip was about 15 years ago with two friends. I woke up in the middle of the night to a loud crunching. 
I must have made enough noise in the tent, because it stopped. I waited a good half hour before falling back asleep. Probably an hour later I woke up to the same noise and also really having to pee. I sat in the tent until I couldn't hold it any longer. I woke one of my friends up who did nothing more than hand me a flashlight. Scared to death, but not wanting to piss inside the tent I opened the zipper, turned on the flashlight and immediately saw the fattest raccoon I've ever seen. The raccoon had somehow opened the bag my friend had tied up in a tree and he was munching on a bag of 3D Doritos. I didn't even scare him off and he didn't stop eating until my friend I had awakened came out of the tent pissed, because he had only gotten a few handfuls of the Doritos. I'm guessing I'm not the first, first time camper to have their imagination get the best of them. Near my college campus there is a relatively small forestry area that we used for a club to play airsoft rounds and also to learn survival skills, like evasion maneuvers. So in this small frosty area, we called it the sand pits, we have stumbled across, a tent set up with a back page, plastic bag with beer cans and a ziplock baggie with a whitish stain to it. Rolled up tarp. Mattress, dirty and depressing various crap that people dump there, like helmets, toys and clothes. The weirdest was like six dead possums, like weirdly killed. Like their jaws were dislocated and the skin just looked loose. Lotus skeletons, animal, probably possum, all over this one small patch of the pits. In another section, like 40 minutes drive away from the pits, in like a forest preserve, we would go on an annual camping trip with the club where we would need to build our own camps and all that. So one night, we are all sitting around the campfire bullshitting and I suddenly hear the faintest of voices, like a man and a woman arguing slash having a conversation. But it was obvious that it was no one in our camp. So I make this intense face as I am straining to ignore everyone else and focus on the voices. As I do this I ask a friend if they hear this shit and he agrees and a couple more join in. So we all decide to go looking for whoever is making the noises, don't know why but whatever. We searched around our area for easily 15 minutes and found nothing and I didn't hear anything the rest of the night. At first I thought I heard some interference on my radio from someone else but it was weird regardless. All this takes place in Florida so apply that note to everything above. Not me, but my father. I was living in Georgia at the time, and he had flown in from Connecticut to visit just after my daughter was born. He was leaving from the Jacksonville airport and made it there several hours before his flight departed, so he decided to check out a nearby hiking spot. My apologies, I don't remember the name, it was around noon, in late November. When he arrived there was only one other car in the parking lot. Maybe half a mile down the trail, he sees a man just standing in the middle of the path, not moving. He said something along the lines of hey man, are you alright? And without responding, the man slowly turned around. He was holding a shotgun, and had it aimed straight at my dad. Without saying a word, the man slowly lowered the gun and then quickly put it to his own chin and pulled the trigger. He did not survive. We don't know who the man is, was? or why he did what he did. We had just parked to walk about a half mile to a campsite in a national forest. It's a remote dead end and the trail only leads to one campsite near a river, almost nothing around. As we're getting ready to hike our stuff and this guy walks up the trail. As I said, this trail leads to nowhere but woods on both sides for miles. He was about 6 feet 2 with greasy hair and dressed in a white t-shirt and jeans. He was pulling a cart behind him that was just an old bucket on wheels. He didn't look up or acknowledge us and just kept walking past us further into the woods. The tracks from his little cart went back to our campsite and further beyond that. Still not sure what he was doing out there with that bucket. Back in 2011 my so and I were backpacking in Laos and we ended up in that very isolated village called Muang Noi. 
To get there you need to take a 3 hours bus from Luang Prabang to Nong Kya, then a 1 hour ride upriver on a fisherman's boat. There are no roads to reach the village, and once there there's no internet, no mobile network, and electricity is only on a couple of hours in the evenings. It's a beautiful area though, mountainous, with caves to visit, riverside beach, etc. Although not completely off the map, it's a place where few travelers go, and it happened to be off-season when we went so there was no more than 10 to 15 visitors in the whole village at the time we were there. In the evening, everyone returns from their treks, cave crawls and boat rides, and gather in the only bar-slash-hostel of the village, on an elevated wooden terrace, by the river. The night falls and little by little, groups merge and everyone ends up sitting on big pillows, sipping cocktails and talking about life and travels like their old buddies, whereas no one knew each other just few hours before. To this day, this is one of my favorite backpacking memories, and what came soon after made it even more memorable. So there's this Australian woman, Ronnie, who took the same boat as us to get there. She's a bit odd, something's off about her. She tells people how she was diagnosed with a terminal illness but made a miraculous recovery, and now she's traveling everywhere in Asia with the funds that her friends had collected for what was supposed to be her last trip. Then there is this Australian guy, Ken, who arrived one day after us. He is quite the traveler, and quite the talker too. There are also Spanish, American, and French. At one point, someone asks Ken if he is married. He starts joking about it, but then he proceeds to tell the story of how one day, about 20 years ago, his wife, who was from New Zealand, just vanished. She left him, without warning, a note or anything. They got in touch later to arrange the divorce, but Ken said he never saw her again and he never heard anything from her after the divorce. He told the story with humor, but you could tell that this had been a devastating experience for him. At that point Ronnie, with a very calm voice, inquires, was her name Karen? I look at Ken, and I see his face decompose, going from brash and confident to livid. The place falls silent. Yes. He replies. How do you know her name? Do you know her? Ronnie proceeds to explain how when she heard his story, she realized she knew the exact same story but from the wife's perspective. She had met that Karen at one point in her life. She described her physically to Ken and it was an exact match. At this point we were all looking at each other with big eyes, speechless, absolutely stupefied by the scene we were witnessing. So then, comes the mega WTF moment. Ken asks if she knows what Karen has been up to since they met. And Ronnie replies, she's dead. With a dead F serious tone and face. I swear to God, although I had quite a few drinks, I sobered up instantly. No one was speaking, everyone was staring. Ken was absolutely stunned. At that point I was half expecting an alien ship to come out of the sky, or that Ronnie would turn into a demon and eat us all alive. She gave some more details about Karen's passing, it was a car accident, but unfortunately I don't remember much else of what happened and what was said after that. Soon after the bar owner was closing and asked everyone to leave, and so we called it a night. What are the odds of something like that happening? A couple years ago I spent two weeks riding a dirt bike around Cambodia. The last major leg of the trip was three days in the Cardamom mountain range in the southwest. Before entering the main trails I stopped to have a smoke and check the weather forecast on my phone. Rain, thunder, rain and thunder. I said F it and proceeded to ride into the mountains because I didn't know when is be back again, plus the weather was stupidly hot so I looked forward to the cool down. After riding a few hours in the first bit of rain and crossing some rivers and dealing with some of the hardest trails I've ever come across, the thunder and lightning came. I didn't know how long to the halfway point where there's a small outpost where there's lodging, and I was soaking wet and it was too late to turn back. My adrenaline was full blast from the surreal landscape of driving into and through this massive storm with no signs of life behind or in front of me, 
And I had an intense rider's high so was probably going a bit too fast sometimes too. I remember even laughing hysterically to myself a bit. Eventually a stilt house appeared in a clearing on the side of the track and it was getting dark out, so I gave a wave to the people taking cover under the house. They motioned to come over so I slowly took the bike over a plank of wood crossing a ditch and rode it under, took off my helmet, have a smile and a polite, thanks. The next couple hours were pretty intense and strange, because I wasn't allowed to talk and this was explained by hand gestures. If I spoke, I had to leave. Boo would I was given a warm bath in a big bucket and got scrubbed down by the alpha lady and her daughter and a good feed. I had some chalk with me and we had a quiet story time over pictograms and stuff. Managed to teach a magic card trick without talking and just hand gestures and the whole family loved it. Time for bed, fall asleep feeling safe on a platform next to my bike and everyone else goes upstairs. I woke up in the middle of the night to some rustling directly next to my head. Was frozen for a brief second then sat up right away and could see the silhouette shadow of a person next to me. I said hello a few times, feeling an insane tightness in my stomach and wondering what the F was going on. No response, and as I see a sort of arm retract there's a burst of lightning far away and I can see just this goddamn shadow and my heart sinks. I've got no reception this deep in the jungle, I haven't seen anyone else riding, nobody knows where I am. If this shadow wants to slit my throat, that's it. I move my hand into my bag which was next to me slowly to look for my knife and the shadow turns away and slowly walks away from the house straight into the jungle, away from the track. Finally my balls drop a bit and rummage through my bag and find my phone and switch on the light. Bike key still there, wallet, knife, my two packs of smock. One pack of smokes yes. One pack out of my bag and there's a few sprawled out on the wood. So, I figured whoever or whatever the F it was, they just wanted a smoke and probably saw the floodlights on my bike pull in. Who knows? I found it easy somehow to fall asleep though because well. If they did want to just rob me or kill me it would have been too easy. But they didn't, so I felt safe. But the first sensation of a shadow hovering over me. Most afraid I've ever been in my life and had nightmares about it for a couple weeks afterwards. I was hiking with my girlfriend and our dog, a German Shepherd one-year-old pup, in a region on Transylvania. Instead of hiking up the mountain, we followed a trail that we realized was kind of shitty halfway. It went through the woods pretty much, and I was freaked out because I saw a caution bears. Sign, where I'm from there's no bears, let alone brown bears, I even downloaded a shitty bear repellent app that played a random bell sound to signal to any close by bears to get the F away. There were also some foresters around, chopping trees on a small site. Anyway, I took plenty of pictures, nothing happened, we turned back next to a waterfall since it was getting dark and head back to our hotel. Our quaint, Romanian, Draculian Hotel, pretty old and made by the same architect that built Brand Castle. And that should be the scary part right? Wrong. A couple days later, I was checking the photos I took, all pretty, and uneventful. Except the one I took by the waterfall when we turned back. At the time I just thought it looked pretty cool and snapped a real quick photo because my girlfriend was getting pissed at the shit trail we picked. Next to the waterfall there was a black figure slash object I couldn't identify, so I zoomed in. My blood froze. It's the strangest thing I've ever seen and I can't really explain what it is. It's a bear-like creature, but it looks too small to be a bear and. Malicious. Too malicious. I've tried to match it with the surroundings but it's without a doubt something there, it's not just low resolution zooming. There's something in that photo. There's more. Our dog didn't even flinch at the time of the event, until about two to three minutes later down the road when he turned around and whined slash growled then gathered us up. We waved it off since he himself was hardly freaked anyway. So it either was a stray brown bear cub and we were possibly in the middle of the path between it and its mom which is terrifying enough for something I can't identify. 
Ever since I saw the photo I have the feeling we were being stalked that day in the woods. Last year my boyfriend and I were traveling around the big island in Hawaii, backpacking, car camping, and whatnot. We made a point to check out the Volcano National Park while we were there. We first arrived at the park pretty late at night, and all of the easy access campgrounds were closed due to nearby lava activity. So we drove a ways into the park heading for what we hoped was an open campground. We arrive and thankfully there's other cars there, so we know people are camping here. We go outside to scout out a campsite with flashlights, following the paved path around the area. It's pretty dark and cold, and a ways in front of us we hear this strange sound. I was already on edge because everything is more intense in the dark, especially new places, so as soon as I heard it I stopped and listened. I thought maybe it could have been a wild pig, we saw one jump onto the road just a little earlier, but the sound seemed way too deep to be a smaller animal like that. The sound grew louder, which didn't help my anxiety at all, and I thought, Maybe it was someone snoring in their tent. Really loudly. And it must have been a rather big person to have that kind of resonance. As it continued on, I came to the conclusion that no one could possible snore like that, and I was at a complete loss for what it could be. But it was definitely something. In this moment, I found the most probable source of this sound was an immensely obese person, sleeping on a leather couch, was tossing and turning in their sleep. The sound eventually died away, and for a while, my boyfriend and I just stood there. Nothing attacked us, or made any sounds of running away or anything. So we moved on, found a campsite, and went to sleep. The next morning was absolutely beautiful, and our campground was very open and friendly, and we had a great time. Never heard the sound again. We found out later that morning that the campground was right next to a fault line which was visible from our tent. So the sound we heard must have been the actual earth moving and groaning around. Back in the day when I was growing up my folks would send me to a Bible camp every summer. One summer while enjoying some fishing I decided to explore the pond for different spots to catch fish. The pond itself had an island, and about half was accessible while the other was heavily wooded. I entered the heavily wooded area keeping an eye basically on the ground and not really paying attention to my surroundings. When I did look up, about halfway around the pond, there was a bunch of deer bones hanging from maple saplings. This freaked me out. But what really freaked me out was when I turned around to nope the f out of there there was a little girl in a red dress standing there smiling at me in total silence. Anyways the girl was just following me and we got out of there. Still have no idea who went out there and tied a bunch of deer bones to trees and after that experience I never went back to that camp. When I was in my 20s I would often go car camping by myself, well, usually I took my cat, Oberon along. I would drive out of town onto back roads in the mountains, find a likely spot and spend a couple of nights and days reading, walking, communing with nature. This was my therapy and a relief from the city and life stress. One day I found a place that seemed perfect. Up off an old logging road, there was a little meadow with a large, round, flat rock. There were trees around, and a small brook. My cat, Oberon was special. I think he was part black lab. He loved traveling with me. I set out a lunch for us. I like nice things. So I set out a placemat, a cloth napkin, a bottle of good beer, cookies, and a perfect sandwich. Oberon went into the trees, and I went after him. He was just nosing around, and it was so beautiful that I walked a bit alongside the creek for a short way. We were out of sight for my lunch. I think I was gone for maybe 15 minutes. When we went back to the rock table our lunch had been eaten. But not like an animal had gotten to it. The beer was opened, my Swiss army knife was opened to the bottle opener and put aside, the sandwich had a crust left with an obvious human bite mark left, 
The napkin crumpled and laid on the plate, the packet of cookies open along the seam. We left. In a hurry. I could not get out fast enough. Thank goodness I did not unpack anything more than my picnic. Oberon was upset. He put his ears back and was very tense. I wonder who was there, or, maybe I don't. We live in an old cottage on the edge of a tiny village. There is a very long garden which has hilly fields beyond. We have a platform so you can see the view and often have a drink out there and watch the sunset. It's miles from anywhere but there is a public footpath which crosses the field. On New Year's Eve we like to go out at midnight, have a drink and watch the fireworks from the city on the horizon. So, two years ago, as the bells on our radio chime, we see a figure walking across the fields, away from the village, so we shout and wish him a happy new year. No response, so we kinda wonder what somebody is doing out on their own, in the middle of nowhere at that time. Maybe had a strop and left a party? Last year, same thing, except our adult son and his mate are with us. Exact same thing happens. Same figure, it's dark so we can't see face or clothing clearly, I tell them about last year and how weird it is because the footpath leads across 5 miles of fields, no houses nearby and very odd if it's a party goer to be leaving on the stroke of midnight. I look back up and the guy has vanished. Vanished from an open field. There's no way he could have run to the tree line in that time. Okay, it was dark but four of us saw him there, and then we turned to look and he wasn't. I have no rational explanation for this but we'll have a phone ready to record this New Year's Eve. Where I live there's a big canal surrounded by farms and woodlands one thing I should point out is no one goes near these woods due to the affectionate nickname of Bummer's Woods and other such shady activities that occur there. It's always dark in there and there's never anyone hanging around in them that it you'd be interested in knowing. Anyway one evening as the sun was starting to set I was walking past the woods alone to get to the canal because I'm an idiot. For reference I'm a 5 feet 2 girl whose only advantage is that my weight would make it difficult to lift me up to kidnap me ha ha. But I'm certainly not a fighter. This car was slowly driving behind me on the road slash path to the canal car park which I thought nothing of since it was probably a dog walker. I changed my mind about the route I was taking and turned round at which point this car did exactly the same thing and turned to continue going my direction. At this point, I'm starting to think something a bit weird is going on. It's evening, I'm alone and there's really no one around at this point should anything happen to me. This is when the motorbike appears at first I think I'll be able to ask for help should the guy in the car follow me. Nope. Guy on the motorbike pulls up next to the car and starts doing exactly the same thing every time I turn and walk a different way, and I'm basically trapped at this point, so I can only walk up and down, the car or motorbike turns around and starts driving that way. At one point I even went into the trees on the other side of the path in the hope of climbing over the wall that'd take me onto the main road. I couldn't get over due to all the weeds and rubbish. And at this point the car again turns around and starts driving very slowly past me. It must have carried on for a long time every time I looked they were staring straight at me and every time I moved one of them moved too meaning they basically had me surrounded. I decide to basically leg it back the way I came which would take me out onto the main road near the aforementioned farm, and as I turn round to check my surroundings guess who is behind me. Motorbike guy has pulled up at the entrance to the woodland path and is just staring straight at me as if he's contemplating following me. I'm really scared by this so I basically ran into a nearby field because it's full of tall grass and difficult to get into so I figured these guys wouldn't be able to get in slash see me until I was long gone and I eventually got home alright. Not one of my brighter ideas though. I should have just gone to the farm and asked for help since she knows my grandma but I was worried the guys would get to me before I could, I'm a fat shit I don't move that fast. I used to frequently visit Knoxville, Tennessee in the summer with my grandmother, who was from there, 
and my cousins. The house we stay at is rather large, in Sevierville, right on the edge of the mountains. There's about an acre of cleared land, and beyond that acres and acres of trees on either side, and at the end of this open field behind the house. We're at the end of the field in the tree line, at the bottom of the hill. Our guardians would usually get irritated if they saw us down there, so we mostly hid on the left side of the woods close to the opening, but in the woods enough to where if one of the adults looked out the back window, they couldn't really see us down there. I'm walking around this side of the woods. There's an old well about 100 meters in that we hang out around. My cousin and little brother are close by, but closer to the opening. I'm walking around mostly looking at the ground and minding my own business. My little brother, who is six at the time, I'm probably about 14, the oldest in the group, calls for me so I start to turn around and head back that way. As I'm walking back I look up. About 20 meters away from me, there's a large tree with a branch sticking out. Above the branch there is nothing, but below the branch, and what makes me sick to my stomach, is the bottom half of what resembles a standing person. All I see is black, black legs, black feet. It looked more like a silhouette. If there was a torso, it would have been facing me. I close my eyes and start running back toward the field, my brother calling for me again. I come out of the woods crying, my older cousin, who lives at this house year around, and still lives in Tien, stops me and asks what's going on. I tell him let's get the hell out of here and we go back up to the house. When we get close enough to the back porch he asks me what it is I saw. I can't even get words out at this point I am so terrified. I started to talk and just got out legs and he finishes my thoughts for me. He describes to me exactly what I saw. When I was younger probably like 10 or 11, I went camping with my family. I'll just get right into it. It was about 1 or 2 in the morning, and I couldn't really sleep. The tent me and my brother were in was really hot, and very uncomfortable. Anyway, while I was trying to go to bed I heard a very faint whimper. I tried to ignore it because I figured I was just tired. Our campsite was along a road with many other camps nearby. The whimper started to get louder, and then turned into crying. I heard footsteps outside of our tent, and a girl crying her eyes out. Now let me tell you, IT didn't go faint, IT got louder and louder. IT remained in the same spot the entire time. That's so important because, it indicates that she was looking at our tent site, crying. It gets worse, then it turned into a full-on scream for a few seconds, then cuts out. When she started screaming my brother woke up. We both look at each other and just get all the pillows and stuff our head under them. I couldn't sleep at all that night. I'm just glad we left the next morning. I'm from a small, highly religious, Christian, town in central Appalachia. I'm not terribly religious, but I had been playing a video game called Oblivion in which demons enter the world through portals and run amok. I can't say I wasn't a little spooked by what happened this night. Basically, I was taking the trash to the end of my driveway, a one-quarter mile stretch of gravel in the middle of nowhere, when I noticed I could see my boots pushing through a light snow that was still collecting on the ground. This was unusual because it was 21 in the middle of February and there was no moon. I paused and realized the usual background noise of wind in the pines had been replaced with a low rumble, something like that of a jet engine. I watched the world around me turn from a pale yellow to a dark red, reflected by the recent dusting of snow onto bent, black trees. Sanguine snowflakes hung in the air as I turned my attention northwest to the roaring blaze, obscured by heavy fog and red mountains. I could see for miles in all directions. The sight was so surreal, I can't add enough detail to express to you how unsettling it was. I'm not surprised that the entire town thought the world was ending. It was just a natural gas pipeline explosion, though. My little town made national news. For the sake of humor I'd like to share, my extremely Christian, and secretly gay, 
childhood friend called everybody he knew, people he was sure would be raptured, mostly my family, who lived on an adjoining farm. Nobody answered. Of course he thought they'd been lead to heaven by none other than Jesus Christ, in the flesh. What had actually happened was they'd done the smart thing and evacuated their homes, they lived closer to the blast. That dummy stayed put, in his basement, waiting for Satan's army to come knock on his door. A few years ago now I was camping in the middle of nowhere with my fellow Boy Scouts. Everything was great and we were having fun, then it turned out a little kid from a different pack had gone missing after running into the woods. Of course everyone in the camp quickly covered every single inch of the woods, however my group encountered something different. We saw the outline of a small child running through the woods in all different directions so of course we followed him thinking it was the missing boy. As cliché as it sounds there was an abandoned cabin that we ended up arriving at. It would have been beautiful had we not been a bunch of scared-to-death ten-year-olds. Well now we hear laughing from inside the cabin, not some evil laugh or something just a laugh of a little boy. Well my pack leader runs in only to find nobody inside. After 20 more minutes of looking we all head back to report what we saw to the father of the missing child. Well the father after hearing no one can find his son decides to go lay down inside his tent. Inside the tent is the missing boy playing with some sticks. I still have absolutely no clue what we were chasing in the woods and it still gives me chill to this day. Camping in eastern Washington mountains with friends. Drinking and shooting guns in the middle of nowhere. Place is dead. Dead trees, dead pine needles, rocks and dirt. Barely any birds. Decide to sleep next to the fire that night. Did it a million times before. Wake up for no reason, sit up in my sleeping bag. From the darkness this thing the exact shape and size of a Roomba that moved as fast as a small spider comes straight at the feet of my sleeping bag. The creature stopped without hitting me, I hesitated for a second almost wondering if it actually happened. I jumped my butt back and pulled my feet to me, and the creature moved in an exact line back to where it came from. I sat in the dark for many moments. Did that really just happen? What the F? Before I could gather my mind, it came rushing out from the darkness again, right towards my feet. I was ready this time, jumped out of the sleeping bag and grabbing my shotgun in one motion. The thing scurried back. I chased it into the darkness, and into the woods. Couldn't find anything without a flashlight and the light from the fire was getting small behind me. I returned to the site and slept in the car the rest of the night. Things that struck me, creature never looked to turn in any fashion. Moved like an insect, but was the size of a raccoon? Never touched me? Maybe blind or could sense heat? Moved in completely straight lines. No turning. Extremely fast. Didn't make any sound at all. I don't spend a lot of time out there, especially after this, but I will always remember that thing. What the F? When I was maybe 14 I think. I'm 22 now. Anyways, at the house I grew up in there were woods all around them and I used to go hiking throughout them and never got scared or freaked out until one day. My usual path through the woods I would take went straight towards a stream and then depending on my mood I would go straight or toward the right. The left was uncharted territory I avoided at all costs and it never seemed strange to me. One day I decided I would force myself to go towards the left and to hell with the strange feelings. So I go left and keep pushing farther and farther until I can't fight the fear building inside me anymore and it just breaks like damn. I'm in full flight mode for no reason and just turn and run full out. As I'm running I hit this fallen log and fall down. When I fall it's like I have this flashback or repressed memory of being even younger and wandering through the woods and falling in the same area except there is a young girl in front of me wearing a bright red raincoat that looked brand new. I'll never forget her face though was just this rotted out and just destroyed. 
after I remembered that I got up and ran faster than ever back to my house and haven't gone back since. Every now and then I feel her or see her in the corner of my eye but I don't know. I don't think she's violent or angry so I'm not scared about that. She just makes me uneasy sometimes. I grew up really close to the Pacific Crest Trail and when I was about 11, this hiker walked up to our house and claimed he was lost. We lived out in the middle of nowhere so my sister and I were excited to have a new friend to chat up. He indulges us, he's maybe mid-twenties and seems interesting. We let him stay in our house for the night and grab a shower. The next day my dad drives him back to the PCT and we continue our life. He shows up a couple days later saying he decided to give up and make a life here and we were so nice he wanted to tell us. Okay, no problem, spend a night, here's some food, have a nice life. Then he shows up again, bearing a gift, for me. It was a stupid VHS movie, but I never watched it because the very next morning, he catches the bus with me and gives me a letter where he confesses his love and he's sure I'm his soulmate and he'll wait for me to get older and asking if I feel the same way. I was super creeped out and never wanted to talk to him again. I learned a few months later that he actually lived in a trailer park by the bus stop and got really obsessed with me and devised the plan to get closer to me. I didn't even tell my parents until years later. Thankfully, he never made any physical moves on me but still changed my view of the world at a young age. Shooting guns camping late at night in the Mojave Desert. Had a small old car come driving up to a stop kill its lights. At about 600 yards and slowly crawled towards us and stop every few minutes creeped me the F out so bad I just wanted to leave but I had a canopy and a tent ATV all my shit so I was kinda messed. Who the F comes up to two guys shooting guns in the middle of nowhere. Am thinking great this guy is going to wait till him asleep shoot me and my buddy dead in my tent and rob me had no phone reception really messed. Me and my buddy stayed up all night watching these two guys chain smoke probably at least 200 cigarettes just seeing the glow from a distance until at about 5.30 the sun was rising the car started peeled the F out on this dirt road at about 60 miles per hour hauling ass right past us. Very creepy it was a battered green Toyota Corolla with a donut on its front tire. Me and my buddy packed up our shit so fast we left behind a few camping chairs in the desert which is going to creep someone out lol. But yeah most likely it was a gang members or someone trying to rob us for our stuff. When I was 10, I used to go to a really awesome camp in southern Indiana. Occasionally, they would have trips for people to go on to something like the Red River Gorge, or some caving trips. They had a trip to go to the Foxfire Swamps and you could earn some badges while you were there so I went. One of the nights while we were camping, I felt sick. Really sick. I woke up and crawled out of my sleeping bag and hurled next to a tree. Now this is where it gets creepy. We had a campfire going and it would occasionally do a pop, like all campfires do. I started hearing leaves shuffling around like something was moving slowly about 20 or so feet in front of me. I thought it was just an animal so I got back in my sleeping bag and fell asleep. I woke up later and I wasn't under the tarp we set up like a tent. I was 10 feet away from the thing. I was confused and looked around and saw a humanoid figure walking away from the campfire. This figure was too big to be anyone from our group. The campers were 12 at max age and none of the counselors there were that big. At the time, I was obsessed with the idea of cryptids so I thought it was Bigfoot or some shit, but after I grew out of that phase, I realize now that it was definitely a person. When we got back up in the morning, food and wrappers were scattered around the camp, but not like how things like raccoons, possums, and squirrels do it. Nobody said they got up and ate anything that night and I was the only one that was up at all late. We had to leave early because we didn't have enough food for the rest of the trip. So I think someone probably raided our camp at night and for some reason moved me, in my sleeping bag, 
from under the tarp. I live in a pretty old house. The earliest tax records are about 1880 I think so it's at least that old. It's your typical southern mansion, lots of land surrounded by a hardwood forest. There's a butler's home that we rent out and remnants of a barn that burned down a long time ago. There's always been sketchy stuff, like a 3 by 7 foot concrete tomb like vault underneath the house, a bricked in fireplace, newspaper articles of murders in the early 1900s that we found in the cellar, etc. but nothing that really worries any of us. Sometimes the house creaks at night and we blame it on the wind. Sometimes it sounds like footsteps but we blame those on the black walnuts hitting the roof. Sometimes there's shrill screams in the woods but we blame those on coyotes or mountain lions. About a year ago, I had a really disturbing dream. Everything was black, but not pitch black. It was like being blindfolded. I could hear someone hitting a woman, and she was crying. This went on for a while, and then I heard her choking and kinda gurgling. And then she screamed. It was weak but still angry. She said fine. I'll party. And then I woke up. It was strange but not strange enough to warrant any paranormal suspicion. A couple months ago my stepmom started having night terrors. Like wake up screaming night terrors. They lasted about a week, I think she had about three. They included her seeing a grim reaper and at one point she grabbed the shotgun and my dad had to talk her down from nearly attacking him. Scary stuff. So I finally decided to do some research and see if there was some shady history to this place. And then I found the article. In the 90s, a few young men picked up a hitchhiking woman and carried her to the woods by my house. They brutally tortured and mutilated her, raped her, cut off her fingers, and a whole list of terrible things. Her last words as one of those men stood on her throat? I quote the court case, she gurgled blood and said okay, I'll party, then died. I told my dad and sent him links to the article. We agreed to never speak of it again and not tell my stepmom. Creepy shit man. I would post the articles but I don't want everybody to know where I live. It was a pretty controversial case in my state because one of the bastards was a minor but they wanted to give him the death penalty so if you really wanted to find it, you probably could. Or you could PM me and I'll send you the court case. But holy shit that creeps me the F out.